What's up, guys? We are here again, and we got the opportunity to interview Benjamin Tubbs. Ben Tubbs, what a name. What a name. And, uh, and Syracuse, New York with Thrive City Church and killing it up there. They launched in a pandemic, which is incredible. Mm-hmm. And Ben taught us a lot about being flexible, but also they launched in a permanent space. And he talks about the ups and downs of hey, that. Everybody wishes they had talks a permanent about, space. They all want one oh, right now yeah. until you get the text from him that says, look, my building flooded. <laughs> anyway, continue. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Until until you get the building, mm-hmm. everyone wants it. Uh, so Ben, they launched in uh, the pandemic and been killing it. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So what did you like about them? Well, I like I like that Ben's vulnerable and you'll catch some of that in our conversation. Some things that were frustrating to him and upsetting to him. And that was good to hear. Uh, I always like when people get real. Uh, in, in that case, in that way, and uh, kind of show a little frustration. Um, but also, I, I like that he's from the area he's in. Um, it's hard to, I, I find that my experience or, or seeing different people, it's hard for them to stay in the same place without burning bridges and upsetting everybody and that kind of thing. And But he's in a relatively small town compared to like I'm in Austin now or, or from the Dallas area, but to be in Syracuse um, and kind of grown up in that area and done church in that area and to still be doing church there i love his calling and commitment to that town and then doing it well and that's that's again unique i think to the audience uh that i'm anticipating out there of church planners who've moved somewhere or maybe had started a church in less than stellar conditions because of former relationships and so i I think there's something to learn from ben on this uh, on this one so yeah his whole attitude of you know his his ceiling being somebody else's floor Mm -hmm. That was huge, and that really, that's Ben through and through. So check out Ben and uh, stick along. It's going to be great. All right, see, look, it's counting. Everybody's there. I love it. I love also that you're so close to the camera. Ben is closer to the camera than the rest of us. Maybe it's because you're prettier. I noticed that. It's fine. No, you sit, you scoot all the way in. I don't want to see your plant. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just your ear, just your ear, <laughs> dude. Austin, I don't know why I'm even talking right now. Oh, frick, that's so weird. I wish like people could see that. He's showing us. What are you showing us? Your gauged ears? Is that what we call that? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's go. That's a great little <laughs> spot to like. If you take your AirPod out, just stick it into the the gauge, and then you never lose your AirPods. Yeah, little yes. little dock. It's a great band name. Yeah, docking port. Yeah, never lose them, dude. See, you can't get those tips on any other podcast. That right there, it's the wisdom for the people. Um, I don't know why I'm talking. Austin, introduce us to Ben. I mean, y'all know each other more than I. I know you guys, but how do we even find Benjamin Tubbs? Yeah, what a name, by the way. I love your name. Um, there's there's so many church planters that I'm just so (laughs) jealous of their name, to be honest. Uh, but Ben met him at the Ark training, Mm -hmm. right? Ben, October 2019. And connected online, stayed connected since then, and watched them in Syracuse, New York, and stolen some stuff from them, and um, talked to him a lot during the pre-launch phase of how do we do this stuff online Mm -hmm. (laughs) when the pandemic when the pandemic came along, and so Ben brings a lot of creativity to the table, and uh, I think that's your background Mm -hmm. too, right? So yeah, before um, we go further, I have a really important question. Yeah, man, is there is Syracuse an S or a Z when you say it? Does that make sense? Say Syracuse. Uh, it, it depends what mood you're in. Oh, okay. Uh, some people, some people just say Syracuse. That's what I would say. Uh, and just sometimes you say Syracuse. 
right. Are you from there? Is that like native land to you? I am. I oh, okay. Am. Okay. Basically, born and raised. I was born like an hour away, but yeah. Oh, Basically, really? lived my whole life. Oh wow. Yeah. So Go orange. You're in a hoodie. Is it actually cold there? Uh, it's a little chilly today. It's not bad. Wow. It'll be chilly today yeah. here in Austin. I think it's 95. It- it's, kind of <laughs> it's it's one of those days. It's it's cool in the morning, and then by the by the afternoon, it's blazing hot. So by the end of this, I'm going to be yeah. sweating profusely. So <laughs> fantastic. Y'all don't have air conditioning there, do you? <laughs> Oh, we do. We do. <laughs> yeah, because those northern states, half of them don't do air conditioning like their schools and stuff. It's the weirdest thing to me. Um, all right, enough about geography and northerners. No, we want to hear about your northerner stuff, but not in that way. Um, dude, you you lead a church. Um, quickly give us that intro, but I want to know how in the world you even got in your head to go start a church. Like who logically says, you know what, let's let's do things that don't earn us money. It's really, really hard. We're going to make friends and lose friends. You know, all the great, awesome stuff of church planning. Like, how did you even come to that? But again, before you did, like, where are you? What do you do? Yeah. Uh, well, I, I know you already introduced me, but my name's Benjamin Tubbs. I'm the lead pastor of Thrive City Church up here in beautiful Syracuse, New York. Uh, the, the long story short is that my life was changed by a church plant, my experience in a new church. Mm-hmm. And because of that experience, I just remember thinking, like, if, if I can only help other people experience God in this in this new way that I have, that's all I want to do. Mm. And uh, that was probably 2009, 2008, 2009. And so it was a, a, a long time getting to the place where we planted a church. But that uh, that's kind of the genesis of it all. When you said that your life was changed by a church plant, I was just curious, like, if that church is also in Syracuse, and was that a part of your story and getting to mm-hmm. Thrive City and starting and all that? Mm-hmm. Yep. So I had I had gone away to college and made some decisions that that weren't the best, and moved back home, and was in this process of kind of rebuilding my my faith, my relationship with my friends and my family, and ended up kind of stumbling into this church that my friend was a part of. And I'd grown up in a, in a big church that was kind of all about programs and and driven by numbers. And all of a sudden, I walk into this little church plant that sets up and tears down every single week. And it was just all about people and relationships and, and showing people grace. And it was this this incredible experience. And so I, I got involved, started leading worship. And, and that was really kind of my on-ramp into not only ministry, but my desire to plant a church. But they're they're still going strong. They're a couple minutes away from us. They're still tight with their their pastor and staff and everybody. That's good. And sadly, that's a more rare thing than than not. It is. <laughs> mm-hmm. But this burning bush moment. How do you know that you wanted to start a church? What's that feeling? Did your wife just kind of come in one day and say, "Hey, this is what we should do"? Like, walk us through that. <laughs> Where's that feeling come from? Uh, that's a great question. Uh, <laughs> I wish I knew. Mm-hmm. It was it, it was more of just a just a feeling when I when I all of a sudden understood that church doesn't always have to look a certain mm-hmm. way. I was raised at one one church my my entire childhood, and that was kind of my perspective of what church looked like and was always going to look like. And for the first time, kind of experiencing church a, a different way, mm-hmm. I was like, wow wow, you know, God is not in this little box that I thought I, I always knew. Mm. And mm. so again, it was that, that understanding of, man, if, if I can help other people kind of yeah. have this, this same perspective shift or this paradigm shift about church, about their relationship with God, 
about what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Like, that's all I want to do. And the best part is the the pastor at this church that I was a part of, he kind of saw some of that in me and my desire to like lead worship and be in ministry. And he said, Hey, I'm going to give you an opportunity to speak. This is probably a year or two into my involvement in there. I'd I'd kind of really gotten wrapped into a lot of uh, different things of the leadership. And he gave me this opportunity to preach. And I bombed so <laughs> hard. I, I, I like ran from the pulpit, like into the bathroom afterwards. And I was like, I will never, <laughs> ever do this again. Yeah, yeah, now, yeah. Hang on, hang on. Now, did, did you feel like you bombed or did other people say that you bombed? Like, when you, oh, what do you mean by that? No, I bombed. Like, what'd yeah. you preach on? So at this point. Yeah, are you cussing on stage? What's the deal? <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> I almost done that. Um, honestly, I, I think I was preaching on like Elijah and the, the power of prayer and being calling down heaven. And in my mind, I, I had this like this powerful moment rehearsed and I just got up there and I froze. Yeah. I didn't know anything about sermon preparation or public speaking or anything. And the minute I got up there and I saw people kind of staring back at me, I just lost everything that I thought I had prepared. Hmm. And uh, I, I just I remember telling God like nope that's obviously not for me like I'm not gonna ever do that ever again. And uh, what do you know? A couple of years later, I do it every Sunday. Wow, that's crazy. Okay, but so what's the activity? Like there was a there was a still a moment. It doesn't have to be the the reason you did it, but there was a moment where you're like I'm gonna leave this church and go start that church. You know? Did you meet with somebody? Did you just again? Did you just file yeah. some paperwork? Like what the heck happened? Sure. So. At the kind of that, that story I just told, that was more of like mm-hmm. a general pull. This right, feeling right. of like, okay, I, I feel like God's calling me into ministry. I'd love to plant a church. But from the beginning, I always knew that you have to do it with somebody. You can't do it alone. Uh, you can, but it's very dangerous. Right. <laughs> and I think we you, you can just see examples left and right of people yes, trying yes, to do yes. it by themselves. Yes. So I, I just didn't know who my, my tribe was mm-hmm. going to be. And so if you fast forward... Uh, a couple years and 2015, I left that one church, came on staff at a, a larger church in the area um, as a worship and creative arts director, but still had a call to uh, be a more of pastoral ministry, plant a church. I just still didn't know when or with who or how it was going to happen. I thought, hey, maybe it's with these guys. Um, had a great experience at that church. They were going through a lot of transition and kind of near the end of it. Um, I got invited by another pastor friend of mine who was a pastor at a, an ARC church about an hour and a half away, like the closest uh, ARC church, Association of Related Churches, for those who aren't familiar. Um, he invited me to like an ARC one day event at a, a nearby church. I'd never heard of this church planting network before, never really been exposed to anything about uh, those churches, Church of the Highlands, kind of the, some of the churches that roll with them. And all of a sudden, at this event, like in the middle of it, I went, wow, I think I found the people that we're supposed to plant with. I think we found our tribe. I remember text, texting my wife going, like, I, I think we found them. And I, I didn't know that it also included a very extensive application process, <laughs> vetting process, all these different things that kind of take getting approved to plant with, with ARC and everything like that. But that kind of started the journey. And yeah, uh, we we started walking through the process. And all That's good. 
All right. So tell us now, when, when did you kind of kick off officially have your you know, a launch day, you know, whatever you call it, but you know, when people, when the public could start coming to your church, when was it? Yeah. So <laughs> our original, <Go> ahead. <laughs> for those listening online, original, we, uh, just, I just had to throw my Sweb got so ground. mad. He chunked his camera across <laughs> yeah. the room and yeah. Like, Syracuse could not have church. This is stupid. Yeah. All right. Sorry. Go ahead. Uh, our original timeline, we were kind of in our pre-launch phase in 2019. Again, that's where Austin and I connected mm-hmm. at our at our uh, our launch intensive, uh, and so we were scheduled to launch officially in the fall of 2020. Okay. So our our first interest party kind of pre-launch gathering was scheduled for March 15th, 2020. <laughs> so if you if you remember, that's that's kind of that that famous weekend. Nothing, nothing going on. Yeah. The world shut down, basketball's canceled, and and where everybody really started to realize, like, oh my goodness, this COVID thing is is big. And so, like uh, like Austin, like uh, a bunch of guys that were were kind of planting in the same season, we got caught up in that pivot of what are we going to do? What are we going to do now that COVID has absolutely changed everything? Yeah, and so we we didn't end up actually launching physically in a space until this January, January twenty. Oh, wow. So, what was what was that like wow. when when it hit on March fifteenth? Because I vaguely remember y'all y'all canceling um, that mm-hmm. that uh, interest party or kickoff party or whatever you called it, and you you canceled that. What was that like at home? I'm wondering, like with your wife Christina, yeah. and um, y'all didn't have. Oakley yet, right? Your son. Um, and so yeah. we, what was that we, conversation like moving forward? Um, I, I think it was, it's likely similar to how a lot of our conversations mm-hmm. went, you know, after watching the news kind of going like, oh, what, what do you think? <laughs> you think we'll be out of this in two weeks? Like you think, just wash your uh, hands, bro. Maybe. Uh, yeah. Like what, <laughs> right. is this really going to shut down everything? You know, mm-hmm. there was that, I think that brief moment of disbelief, like there's no way there's, there's no way. Uh, but then slowly coming to that realization that, wow, I think life really is going to change. Hmm. Um, and I just remember being completely blindsided. Like, uh, we were just trying to run the play for, for those who have kind of gone through, uh, planting training or a part of a network oftentimes they'll give you best practices mm-hmm. and kind of a for lack of a better word a playbook hey this is what we found works really well in launching a new life-giving church and we were doing our best to follow the play mm-hmm. and covid just threw that out the window and left us going like okay well if we don't have the playbook what comes next what do we do and new york was um, maybe a little more locked down than some of the other states down south or sure. you know out west, and so we were kind of faced with the additional challenge of you know extra precautions, extra lockdowns, mask mandates, all sorts of stuff that kind of made it challenging in the planting process. Do you feel like that you coming from a creative background? Do you feel like that was almost preparation for COVID and a hundred percent? A hundred percent. That was one of the things that yeah, I, that I, we, you know, people told us is like you've been doing social media stuff at your last church. This has been God preparing. It's looking backwards. So I'm curious how that worked with you. A hundred percent. I remember being 
upset, frustrated, and borderline angry with God throughout the, you know, early 2000s, like, you know, 2010 and up, because I wanted to be in pastoral ministry then. I wanted to be a church planter then. And, but God had me in positions as a worship leader, uh, as a barista, as a creative arts director. Uh, I worked at a marketing company for a while. All these like small, different jobs and skills I picked up along the way. At the time, I was annoyed because I wanted to be a church mm. planter. I wanted to be a pastor. Um, you know, uh, I went through seminary, got my master's, all that stuff, thinking, God, we're wasting time here. But really looking back, yeah. all of a sudden, all of that was preparation for when COVID hit. Because I feel like when COVID hit, we were able to pivot really, really well into that online church space. Um, uh, we weren't faced with some of the same challenges like established churches were. How do we, how do we take what we've been doing and translate it into an online space? Uh, we were able to just all of a sudden go like, hey, this is what we're doing. And we stepped out right. uh, into it. And I feel like we were able to do it really, really well. As a brand, as a brand new church, we'd never met in person. We were still kind of in that pre-launch phase, but we decided to just launch online services as a way to uh, just continue to drive interest and build momentum. So, but how does that, f- I'm curious now, how do you feel about it? Cause you, you're right. You're good at that. It made sense, but you know, was it that positive? Was it that exciting? Did you, <laughs> how much of your identity did you tie into this? Now the church isn't starting. Like you said, God, we're wasting time. What the heck? Like, what's your emotional state? Did you gain 20 pounds? Did you did, <laughs> like, how are you feeling on the inside at the time? Cause I, I, I didn't launch a church during COVID. I don't know what that feels like, but for me and knowing my personality and some of the other things I've done, I'm just like, I want to, I want to kill people. <laughs> uh, I want to, I want to burn every book I've ever read about any of this stuff. I just, I'm yeah. going to go get a different job at a for-profit company, you know, whatever. So like, how are you feeling in that moment? And again, with the family too, how do they feel about all this? Uh, yeah. Uh, that's a great question. There are times where I was like just second guessing everything, but then at, other times, I was almost thankful because it was pushing me back towards things that I actually felt a little more prepared for. Yeah. Like, oh, so you're telling me we don't have to launch weekly in-person services just yet? We can spend a little <laughs> bit more time like producing online content and uh, all these different things that I've spent a little more time developing skills in. And it almost kind of gave us just a little bit more time to get ready sure. to launch in-person. But yeah, uh, yeah there are de- definitely some some uh, dinner conversations of what in the world yeah are did we you, doing you yeah know, are, are we gonna are we gonna be able to sustain this what did you ever doing? think about yep. going back or asking you know former employers hey you guys need a creative director and we'll we'll try this thing again next <laughs> right. year or? yeah <laughs> right right <laughs> uh there was a little bit of time where i was actually kind of doing some freelance work for a couple different churches helping with their their social media um, some of their content, helping them actually pivot to some online mm-hmm. services. Uh, in our area, uh, to be perfectly honest, there's not too many churches that are really like thriving, no pun intended, uh, thriving yeah. in that realm. Um, and so, there, yeah, there was a couple times where I was like, you know, what might actually be easier is just yeah. doing just doing this. Right. <laughs> just <laughs> going back to that, that creative arts space. Um, but at the same time, just... I, I felt that overwhelming call mm-hmm. of just like, wow, th- while this was completely unexpected 
you know, nobody could have planned for this. This is absolutely what God has called us to and when he has called us to it. Hmm. Um, I never would have chosen it, but I know that, yeah. that God absolutely had it planned out the whole time. So, okay, let's, I want to talk practically about just moving up closer to the, to the launch of your church. Um, but before that, how, where'd you get Thrive City? Thrive City, right? Yeah, Thrive mm-hmm. City. Where, uh, I got confused because you a minute ago other people weren't thriving. <laughs> and you got me confused. Um, yeah. wh- where'd the name come from? How'd you come up with that? We, uh, myself, my wife, a couple friends of ours were all sitting in our living room, kind of having these these big picture dreaming conversations of you know, hey, are we really going to do this thing? This is kind of way back before we had. Uh, I think even been accepted to work with, with a church planning organization or anything, but just, Hey, wouldn't it be cool? Wouldn't it be cool if we planted a church? What would we even call it? Hmm. And we just started throwing out a lot of different words and uh, Syracuse is called the salt city. And hmm. so we were like, what about salt city church? Oh, no, nope, that's already taken. You know, what about this or that? Oh, no, nope, that's already taken. There's no, you know, there's no social handles available. Uh, and, but we really liked this this concept of of uh, thriving or, or living an abundant life or uh, all these other different things. And so we kind of settled on, on Thrive City. Somebody just kind of voiced, oh, what about Thrive? I like it. Yeah. And then somebody else said, what about, what about Thrive City? I'm like, huh. There it is. And it works. I actually really like that. Done. The URL is available. Yeah, that's all that matters. Yeah. yeah ThriveCity.Church. Hey, so yeah. you – and so, so the, you're you said that go ahead, go you ahead. were in a, the living room with your wife and some friends. So I'm just curious mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. we know the stats of people sticking around. Are those friends that were there then? Yeah. Are they still? Are they still with you guys? Did how did that go? <laughs> the chuckle. Oh, here it comes. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, <laughs> less of a chuckle and more of a. Um, I, like many other people, thought those stats weren't going to apply to me. Right. Yep. Ah, sorry, guys. No, you're good. Tell us who's in the room real quick at this meeting. Like, you know, um, maybe, maybe start there too. I'm curious. Man. I'm curious kind of who or where you knew these people from or whatever. Yeah. Um, so we, we'd been friends with them for a long time. Uh, I'd known them at a previous ministry. They'd served on our worship team. They'd been a part of a small yeah. group. Uh, just good yeah. friends. Yeah. Good friends. And uh, <clears throat> the reason why I'm still pretty emotional about this is uh, we're still going through that with different mm-hmm. people that have been with us for a long time. And we've parted ways with some of them very amicably. They're moving into a new season of life. They've moved, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. And then others, uh, it, it's harder. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know if you guys have experienced this, but like even looking back at old pictures mm. of interest parties or launch yeah. team meetings, you can kind of go through the people that you see. Oh, man, they moved away. Uh, they got frustrated and left. We had a, a big argument with them. And it uh, it hurts. Yeah, sure. It hurts. And um, so some of that just... It's a it's a fresh wound, I guess is what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah, um, and sure. why why sometimes I, I still get pretty emotional oh. about it is like like many people, I thought I was going to be the guy that kept all these yeah. people. Yeah, yeah, and that that's yeah. just not not the case. 
And just to, to speak on that just a little bit more, I think yeah. what what we're experiencing is our pre-launch season went from, you know, half a year, eight months, whatever the kind of that typical time frame is because of COVID, it got stretched into like two wow, years yeah. mm-hmm. where it was just continually trying to pivot and, and, and reevaluate and change things. What are we going to do? How are we going to deal with this? And people hung on for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And I'm super thankful for that. But once we were able to actually meet in person and launch this church and have a launch Sunday, mm-hmm. uh, I think people kind of started to go, hey, I helped build mm-hmm. this thing but I'm not sure that it's the church that I want to stay at. Wow. And thankfully God brought a whole new crew of people that are now coming and serving and are faithfully attending because of what was built. Mm -hmm. And so we're kind of in the midst of that, that turnover process that I think a lot of churches experience. Some people help build and some people, now keep it and going. COVID was like dog years. So that year that, you know, it was yeah, much totally. even, even longer. <laughs> and, and even, you know, time hop is great for your kids. But what I found is time hop is not great for <laughs> your church. <laughs> you look at time yeah. hop baby and it's like, Oh, I remember you. <laughs> what happened to you, man? Yeah. Um, yeah. So you're not alone in that, bro. We, yeah. we, we experienced that and yeah. still now, you know? So yeah, that's huge. How up? Uh, so I know both of you guys have experienced this, and just to just to keep pushing you further, Ben. Like, have you found yourself operating differently? Um, you know, I'm not. I'm, this is not a counseling session. And I'm not trying to give you advice or even talk something out in, in that way. But I am curious. Like, do you find yourself holding back a little bit, and maybe what you share, maybe authority you hand out, or that kind of thing? How's that affected your operations, if any? Uh, it certainly has. Yeah. Um, I grew up knowing certain pastors that were really guarded and I never really mm-hmm. understood why. Yeah. I never understood why they were kind of closed off. You know, hey, you're you're a pastor, you're supposed to be the people person. You're supposed to be <laughs> you know, you're supposed to be out there and open and transparent. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I, I'm quickly figuring out why certain pastors hold things a little closer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm not trying to say that I've you know, yanked back authority or like sure. delegation and stuff like that, but it has made me reevaluate certain things, certain decisions that we made to you know, delegate certain things or, you know, the, the, how much I yeah. say. Mm-hmm. That kind what, of thing. what would you, mm-hmm. if you're talking to yourself, because you, you know, I said this before as well. I think every church planner says, you know, there's never been an Austin Coleman before. They're not going to leave us, you know, and mm-hmm. if you're talking to Ben Tubbs in March of 2020 and you're telling yourself, you know, people will leave. What would, what would you need to say to get that across? Or is it just something you'd have to experience? I think it was something I had to experience. Um, Some people, some church planters parachute in, right? They move to a city with a calling on their heart to plant a church in that city. I grew up here. I've done ministry in this city. It's not a very big city. And I think I had the false impression that like, look, I'm not just meeting these people. I've known them for years. These are my Mm -hmm. friends. Uh, We're going to, we're going to do this together. We're going to be one big happy family. And so I think I needed to go through it and to kind of feel that, to really understand like, Hey, it's, 
it's not for everybody. And even, even some of your closest friends aren't going to hang with you. Like it's, if anything, it has kind of made me reevaluate my calling in general. Hmm. Has God called me to have a good time with a bunch of friends and just like, you know, do all the fun parts of church planting or has he really called me to the nitty gritty messy parts of ministry uh, that you go to bed at night feeling more alone than you ever have, Mm. even though you're surrounded by more people than you Mm. ever have been. Um, And so, yeah, I I definitely think it's something that I needed to experience. And I I think every church planter is going to be told those things and those stats about losing, you know, 80% of your launch team in the first three to five years, something like that. But I think for many of us, you're just going to have to feel it. Yeah. All right. So moving on from that, though, you you kicked off churches going. I'm assuming it's going great. That's relative. I'd love to hear, like, just give us maybe some of the lighthearted top level, maybe stat type stuff, like kind of where you at now. Yeah. What does church look like for you on a regular basis? Was launch day good, for example? And, uh, you know, how, how are things moving? How do you feel about things now? And then give us some of those operational details of what you're doing. Yeah. Uh, launch date was great. Uh, to kind of preface before I get into yeah. some of the stats, um, so we, we, again, are in the Northeast, we're in central New York. Mm-hmm. Um, the church in general, the religious life of this population is a lot different mm-hmm. than, than many in the Bible Belt. And so we launched, I think, with right around 90 people, okay. which for some people would be really disappointing. But for us, that was really exciting. That was actually yeah. in our yeah. area, 90 people, 100 people is like a healthy, yeah. healthy church. Um, so it, not going to lie, sometimes the, the social media comparison game can be yeah. a little tough. I look at guys yeah. like Austin, you know, you're launching, popping off with hundreds <laughs> of people, uh, we're super excited for you guys, but you know, that's just not our context. Yeah. And, uh, so launch day was great. Um, one of the things that is kind of unique to us about our launch is that we were able to actually launch in our own permanent facility. Hmm. Uh, which is kind of cool, and so I, sure. I won't I won't take a ton of time telling the story, but I, I'd love to just kind of explain yeah. how we ended up in that situation because I think sure. it's it's super unique. Uh, in the midst of COVID, we were trying to figure out where in the world are we going to launch this church? Every place that typically a church plant would approach, like a movie theater, a community center, a local high school, all these different places, nobody would return my calls. Hmm. Uh, it's a combination of COVID protocols, uh, hesitant about liability, and just our context, hesitation towards working with religious organizations. And so I was like, out of ideas. I have no idea where we're going to do this church thing. And so I reached out to a friend who's a real estate agent, and I just asked him, hey, can you help us find some less traditional options? Let's find maybe a storefront that's empty, you know, that we could, we could help, you know, help make them some money until they rent it out, and then we'll move. Uh, all of a sudden, we found uh, an old Catholic church building that was on the market. It's a beautiful old building, 32,000 square feet, seven acres of land, uh, a 100-car parking lot. Wow, wow. that yeah. would be a cool space. And then, we, <laughs> and then we saw the price tag, and we went, wow. And we, <laughs> we can't afford that. Yeah. And, uh, but since we were kind of at the end of our options, we said, well, what's the harm? It's been vacant for four years, five years at this point. Let's just approach mm-hmm. them. We quickly got shot down. They said, nope, you are too new of an organization. We don't want to work with you. 
uh, we decided to get creative and go, okay, well, what if somebody bought it for us and leased it back to us? And long story short, that's exactly what ended up happening. We uh, were able to find a private investor who was willing to purchase the property with the intent of leasing it to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're, we're kind of in a cool position where we have the ability to, to purchase the property in the coming years if it works out well for us, or we can walk away at the end of mm-hmm. our lease. Uh, and so without ever having met in person, we were able to launch in a, in a permanent facility that we can wow. call our own. That's cool. And so just that in itself is a, a huge miracle. Yeah. Are you doing it's anything incredible. else with that building? I'm curious, you know, you have a building and, you know, Austin, maybe you can speak to the other end of this. And I've been, on, I've been a part of a few church plants. Man, if we just had our own building, we would do X, Y, and Z. Well, you, you are a church plant. And you have a new building. Have you have you found yourself using it? I don't mean coming up with extra gimmicks or whatnot, but you know how how much are you leveraging this unique blessing of having a building so early? Uh, we're, we're trying to lean more into that. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of it comes down to limitations of we are leasing it. We we don't mm-hmm. own it, uh, so there's certain things we can and cannot do with mm-hmm. the space. Um, but they are open, I, I think, to subletting certain things. So we have two different buildings. If you're familiar with typical old Catholic church buildings, there's kind of the main building and then a rectory where some of the priests used to What a live. name, and man. So rectory. We've ex- Love it. <laughs> rectory. Keep the yeah. name. Yeah. The Thrive yeah, City Rectory. <laughs> the, yeah, the Narfex or whatever. So yeah. So, so we we've explored we've explored like subletting certain things office yeah. space you know hey what if we had a daycare here yeah. uh, and then some of it comes down to just bandwidth and yeah. manpower at, yeah. at the moment right. okay right. can we get to that place but we'd love to start what is that? that because the I, I was go just ahead. gonna say what is that like you you felt this pull you said earlier to church planting and the setup tear down and that was kind of the world of church planting and probably your assumption and then you actually mm-hmm. launched in a permanent space. What what was that like to have in your mind one thing and then do something else? Did, and then and then second part of that is a lot of people look at buildings as a blessing, but then there's others that you don't hear about as much that the building is a curse. Mm-hmm. So, right. Oh, what is yeah. that? What has that been like? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the my first thought was this is great we can set up things and just leave them there. This is Mm -hmm. awesome for anybody who's ever explored uh, the portable church model, setting up and tearing Mm -hmm. down. You quickly find out how expensive things are. You got to buy a trailer. You got to, you got to fit everything in that trailer. Mm -hmm. God willing, your church grows. You got to get another trailer. Come on somebody with even more equipment and more chairs. That's right. (laughs) And then on top of all that, you have to find people that are insane enough to help you set up and tear down every single week at just ungodly hours of Sunday morning, Saturday night, whatever it might be. Uh, so I was really excited to kind of sidestep some of that. Mm-hmm. However, people who do portable church and Austin, I, you can probably attest to this. A lot of camaraderie and the team culture is actually built in that setup teardown yeah. time. Yeah. And so what we gained in convenience in cost saving by not having to buy certain equipment to make things portable. We lost some of that just yeah. culture building time of grinding it out together, being a team that's like, Hey, let's mm. do this. 
Um, and so I, 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 love that. I, I do look back on that kind of regretting that we missed some of that. Um, I love having our own space because we have been able to be pretty creative with it mm-hmm. um, to kind of speak to the blessing and the curse. It's great. Cause I, I, you know, I have an office space there. We have a, we have a great growth track room. We've been able to set up the stage the way that we want it and not worry about moving it or breaking things. However, uh, we, the, the weekend after we moved in, we had a big leak in the basement and it, all of a sudden a couple inches of water in the basement. Guess whose okay. responsibility that is. It's ours. <laughs> you know, I can't go to the, the movie theater or the high school principal and say, Hey, can you do something mm. about this? Mm-hmm. Nope. It's, it's on us. And, uh, yeah. so our, our basement, we're still trying to figure out that issue. Like, uh, there's yeah. co- we had to paint the bathrooms. Uh, we've had issues with the thermostat, like all sorts of different unforeseen costs. Wow. Yeah, that's right. Creep up for sure. That's right. It's kind of like moving into your first house. This is great. I own this. And then all of a sudden <laughs> yeah. you get like, you know, your first tax bill and you're like, this, this is terrible. <laughs> <That's> terrible. <laughs> I own this. Yeah. Right. That's right. That's right. Hey, I want to go back and talk about your creative, uh, history, background skills, whatever. How, how did, I don't, I don't even know if I have a specific question on like, you know, graphic design necessarily, but how did that play into what you, what you did to build your team, get the word out, launch your church, uh, or you heavier in social media than not. And I know we talked earlier about how you kicked things off, obviously digital, um, you know, more nimble and flexible during the COVID time. But, you know, now that you're meeting a person, how, how did that play out? Do you guys do anything that you feel like is probably more creative or effective on that communication and creativity side of it because that's your history? Uh, I'm just curious what that looks like because you also, like you said, you're in a different part of the country um, mm-hmm. with a different, you know, lean towards spiritual matters or Christianity or whatnot. And does that change how you, you know, operate with that creative lens? So any, anything about that, I'd just be curious to know. I don't know if I'm asking a clear question, but I'd love to hear you speak about creativity and where you're at. Yeah, I kind of get where you're, where you're headed. Um, yeah. So I've, I've always had just a kind of an eye for the creative arts. It's always intrigued me. It's always interest me, uh, interested me. Uh, I remember playing around with like one of the first versions of Photoshop on the computer yeah. ever. Like you could, you could like do a gradient and that's it. it yeah, was like baby. Yeah. Microsoft paint basically. <laughs> uh, but, but just being kind of intrigued by that. Um, and then I, I, I grew up like playing music and leading worship. And I quickly understood that, that, that music speaks to people. Art speaks to people. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously the, the, the spoken word preaching speaks to people. And when you're able to, combine all of those things you can really create a worship experience for people that that speaks to them on different levels like all at once and so i've always really embraced the use of creative arts within the church world and the Mm -hmm. church space and so i remember at one of the previous churches i served at i remember being a huge advocate hey we need a myspace page that tells you how long ago that was. That's awesome. We need a MySpace page. And I remember like setting up the church MySpace page. And what was the background music? There's all of these. Was it it newsboys? Was it delirious? Probably some, probably some awful like Chris. Jeremy camp. I don't know. That's really good. Uh, Friends are friends forever. (laughs) You're taking this down as a dark road. Stop it. Stop it. Oh, some Avalon. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But I, I just remember thinking, like, when social media especially began exploding with MySpace, all of a sudden Facebook started coming out. You know, man, when Instagram hit the scene, thinking, like, there's such 
there's such like an open market for churches to step into this uh, and, and really use it as a platform to reach people. Uh, not just with information, but inspiration, right? That's something mm-hmm. that, that you hear a lot. Uh, and so I, I felt like I was uniquely uh, uniquely prepared to be able to step into that space, kind of we were talking about with with when COVID hit, we were able to really jump headfirst into that. Um, just with, with different things of like, okay, what are some best practices for social media use for a church? Hmm. Um, and again, our area is, our context is a little unique. We're, we're surrounded by a lot of, a lot of cities that consistently come up on like the Barna's mm-hmm. least churched yeah. cities in America. Yeah. Right. And so for us thinking, okay, well, how do we leverage social media to help speak into those areas? And I cannot tell you how many of our people found us on Instagram. It's, it's mm-hmm. by far the number one way that people have heard about that's what i was going to ask you as well like Uh, you're in the launch season march 15th you were going to have your big event didn't didn't happen but you still had to recruit a launch team so i'm wondering how how you did that before you guys launched you know a year year and a half later yeah i wholeheartedly believe that if we did not take the initiative to do something, start an online worship experience, like have some sort of visible presence online. Uh, we, we would have folded, like we would have had to pack it up, maybe, maybe explore planting later when things open back up. Um, but we kind of stepped into that space and we did a couple like virtual interest parties that were <laughs> honestly, they kind of bombed. It was, we were all trying to figure out how Zoom <laughs> worked, right? Like, yeah. How do you gather people together online and make it somewhat interesting? Everybody got Zoom fatigue real quick. Yeah. Um, but I did a couple things like uh, if you're familiar with Calendly, it's like an mm-hmm. online scheduling tool. People can schedule a meeting with you. Um, yeah. And it makes it really easy. I just had a link like in my Instagram bio. It was like, you know, let's meet for coffee. Just click this link. All of a sudden, they choose what works best for them. It shows up on my calendar. And we get together. So I, I, I tried to make myself as like available as possible. If people had questions mm-hmm. about the launch team, they wanted to meet up. Um, and so we were able to connect with, with a lot of different people that way. Cool. And <laughs> it, uh, it definitely helped build a team that carried us through the, gosh, two years, two years of that COVID mm-hmm. cloud until we yeah. were able to start meeting more in person in that traditional sense of, Hey, let's get together sure. and, and get ready to launch this church. Sure. Can I ask, uh, I, I want to ask the sensitive question that uh, a few people don't want to talk about. How do you pay for that building with 90 people? I mean, is giving good. Did you do a lot of fundraising on the front end? Are things just cheaper where you are? Do you have a, a sending church? I know organization, you know, mm-hmm. depending whether it's ARC or others will give you some, some amount of money, but Yep. Just kind of, I'd, I'd be curious to know what you're doing to survive or thrive. No, again, no pun intended. In that Lean in, pun well. intended. That, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna start yes. saying it for on purpose now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that's a wonderful question. Um, I am terrible at asking for money. Hmm. In some of our the the launch training with Arc, one of the things that they actually have you do is practice asking for money. <laughs> Austin, I don't I don't know how well you did. I did not do well. I, I get flustered. I don't know how to make the ask. I'm terrible at approaching people. Um, to be perfectly hang on, honest. Hang on, hang on real quick. 
my cash up is I think Sweb or Swever. If everybody just wants to start giving money now, do there you want go. to list yours, Austin? Do we want to practice talking about giving money now? I'll put that in the there show notes go. for all of us if we want. Okay, continue now. Uh, so to be perfectly honest, I think some of that just stems back to my upbringing. Uh, mm-hmm. I didn't really grow up in a family with 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 a lot of money, with much means, and I always had this attitude of doesn't matter. I'll make it work. I'll do it myself. And some of that kind of carried over into church planting of like, I don't have to ask for money. We'll, we'll just make it work. Cool. Um, thankfully, God had some bigger plans. And <laughs> even though I'm terrible for asking for money, there, there have been um, certain churches that have come alongside of us and, and helped support a little bit you know, per month or in, in maybe just some one-time gifts. But the, the large majority of our pre-launch budget, of now our operating budget, um, what we were able to put down on the building, different things like that. It, it comes from within house, comes from our congregation. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're blessed to have a, a very generous church. It's a pretty young church. A lot of young professionals that typically get a lot of slack for not tithing, right? All those young people, they, they have a lot of energy, no, but, but they don't tithe. Uh, we're blessed yeah. to have a lot of people that, that are very generous with their finances. Um, and so we did have uh, matching funds from ARC mm-hmm. that were a huge part in, in getting some of that equipment sure. prepared and ready. But other than that, a lot of it was just in-house. What was your um, – yeah. cool. did you have a pre-launch budget or like what did you raise before you, you started, if you don't mind? We – so we – we did, to be perfectly honest, I haven't looked at that in a long time. And <laughs> b- because of COVID, that's one of the things that kind of went out yeah. the window because we all of a sudden, uh, instead of buying uh, a trailer, like we thought we were going to, we had to buy some black magic cameras to do some online mm-hmm. streaming. And so a lot of that kind of pre-launch budget ended up getting moved around. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but we probably raised maybe like 120,000, not a lot, cool. yeah. not a lot in the grand scheme. There are guys out there that, you know, they're raising 500. Yeah. Um, and so hey, to just, be, go ahead. Well, I was going to say to stick on this money thing and raising money, but then again, I'm trying to marry this connection between we're in a, in a de-churched, unchurched, not church favorable area. However you want to say all those things, small ish number of people by comparison, uh, mm-hmm. again, that 90 to hundred range or whatever, but then you're saying they're very generous and then you're covering, you know, your bills. Um, is, is that, are you attributing that to, and I want you to not be humble here. Like, I mean, do you teach on that? Do you lean into that in some way? Is it just, or is it just luck? Oh no, we just haven't have lucky people or generous people, but yeah, which brings me to my second part of that question then, or maybe this is an angle that's related to it is, um, of, of those again, 90 people, does that mean you got the 90 Christians in your town? Or are these new people coming in? You've talked about it. You've you've uh, inspired, motivated, educated on biblical giving, tithing, things like that, and that's why they're giving. I'd love to know how you have stewarded that. I so not only am I bad at asking for money, I'm bad at talking <laughs> about money. So you just have favor. Got yeah. it. You're God's favorite. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, so to be honest, I haven't. I haven't really done much teaching on generosity or giving or tithing. Uh, It's included in our our growth track onboarding process. We talk about the importance of generosity. It's one of our core values. Generosity is our privilege. Mm -hmm. But I haven't really, from the pulpit on a Sunday morning, haven't really taught about it too much. Um, Another factor in some of our finances is is I I, I only recently started getting paid part-time. 
Um, I'm, I'm, I'm blessed to have a hardworking wife uh, who, who has a, uh, a decent job. She's able to work from home and has been able That's to kind right. of carry us through sure. some of that. Yeah. So again, there's certain church planters who, if they move to a city, they're solely reliant on their church planting budget for their survivability. And we were able to kind of step mm. back from that. Um, and I, I picked up some side gigs, drove Uber for a little bit, you know, before yeah. COVID hit and uh, did what we had to do. And now, now I take a, a small part-time salary, but that, that has kind of helped. Yeah, that makes um, sense. But even, even just the, our building cost, I know we all live in different parts of the country mm-hmm. and real estate prices are different wherever you go, but mm-hmm. we're paying like nothing for this building. Really? Wow. Um, so I'll, again, some of the stats, 32,000 square feet, these two big buildings, seven acres of land in, wow. in like the middle of the city, in yeah. the city limits, a hundred car parking lot. Uh, it's got like this huge curb presence, right? It's just this massive, massive front. Um, we, if we move to buy the building and own it ourselves, it's only $500,000. Wow. Oh gosh. Yeah. That sounds, <laughs> that sounds like that will either sound like a lot to you or that will sound like absolutely nothing, no, nothing. to you. No, it's nothing. Wow. It's nothing. Yeah. Because, you know, in many, many areas of the country, a one bedroom house in the bad <laughs> yeah. part of town is 500,000. Yes, that's right. That's exactly right. Yep. And, and so wow. we're, we're very blessed to kind of have yeah. that, right? Yeah. Uh, a building, you know, we're not, that's we're cool. not trying to build a new building for millions of dollars. We're great. We're uh, moving so into a, a cheap little building. Yeah. Love that. <laughs> that's good. Okay. Um, all right. Um, what, uh, I ask, I try to ask everybody a question like this. What, what do you feel like you're the best at it, You know, if you were to line up every church planner, you know, and you would, and you could compare, and I know that's not the game. I get that. But, uh, I just be curious to know what you, what you feel like, man, Hey, we really do have a kind of a leg up here or we're, we're gifted in this way. Uh, maybe God's been good to us in this way. And I understand part of it could be that, but I don't want to, as silly as it sounds, I don't want to chalk it all up to, well, we don't know what we're doing. God's just good. I'd like to know some actionable things. And sometimes God's been good is not necessarily actionable. So I'd be curious to know what you feel like you might be the best at. Um, and then leaning into that, you know, how can you encourage others to, to maybe do that, learn from you or, or, or something like that? Sure. I quickly found out what I'm not good at. I know that's, <laughs> that's not what you asked. But so that's I, the opposite of that... what I'm asking. But, no, but, keep, but continue. I, I know. I know. That's, that's the, the opposite of what you asked. Uh, I, I don't want to keep coming back to this whole like, my creative background and stuff like that. But if anything, I think that helped prepare us the most. Uh, I think it's so important for pastors, for lead pastors, uh, church planters. You have to know how things work. (laughs) Whether that's pro presenter, whether that's planning center, whether that's your soundboard, like you got to know how things work. Talk about it, bro. I, (laughs) I have, I have been a part of, different ministries i've worked with so many pastors that they have no idea how things work and they just hand it off Mm. to hopefully the best person to help run it and that can either go really well or like really Mm -hmm. really poorly Mm -hmm. and one of the things that i feel like we had a leg up on is because of my background you know i'm familiar with with how social media uh, algorithms work how you know best practices for that i know how to set up uh, you know, our, our mixer, I know how to do an online stream, make it sound really good. I cannot wait to delegate those things out. And I've given a lot of those things away, but in order to give it away, I had to know how it works. Yeah, that's great. 
because if you give away something you don't know how it works, how can you tell if it's being handled well or not? Because oh, that's huge. That's where a lot of churches run into issues where they'll they'll delegate the creative ministry to somebody who all of a sudden is asking them for like, you know, four hundred thousand dollars to replace this thing that you could fix for yeah five thousand yeah. dollars. Would, yeah. would you uh, would you talk to the guy who's going to plant a church and he is <clears throat> coming from a mega church? And he's campus pastor, executive mm-hmm. pastor, and everything is delegated. And mm-hmm. they have one role, and they do that one role. Would you talk to them and just kind of yeah. prepare them because you you were prepared? And I don't know how large your church was, but I came from a church plant that we had no money, so we had to figure out like the grit and the grind. Mm-hmm. And so, and I feel like a lot of guys mm-hmm. come into church planting from a large church and they don't have that. What would you say to them to get them ready? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the, the church that I was at previous to planting was a large church for our context, probably about 800 to 1,000 people uh, with no money. Well, <laughs> I should say my ministry budget line seemed to not have any money. So I, I had to kind of figure out how to make things work with what we had. Um, and so I, I know I'm probably not speaking directly to the question that you asked, but I think Guys have to, you know, men or women, whoever is planting and pastoring this church, you have to understand there are certain things you can buy and there's certain mm-hmm. things that you can't. And you you need to be okay with like working with what you have, with who you have. You can't always like just buy the best camera and hope it looks good. No, you can have a, a, a cheap camera with the right person and the right skill set and make it look awesome. You just have to learn a little bit more about the principles of photography, videography. And like, mm. I think that's one thing that, that a lot of people in ministry and church planting need to understand is like, with just watching a couple YouTube tutorial videos, listening to a couple guys like, uh, you know, Brad Hampton, uh, he has a lot of free resources out there about church marketing. Like, you just need to understand good. just a little bit more about how things work. Mm, and you can do way more with much less. That's right. You don't just have to throw money at things. Yeah, you just have the right people with the right understanding, and you can do a ton. With hey, I know you. I know you already said this. I want to say it again in just a different way. Most people are hearing you say that in the technical context, like sure. sound and and graphics or whatever. But I, I mean, that's true for the real estate stuff you're talking about, uh, budgeting, asking for money, all the things that you've talked about today. And just please, I, and I'm not saying everybody has to know everything. I mm. get that, and you know, it's great. Build you a team that can kind of you know, stand in the gap for some of those areas. But, but I just want to reiterate that you're not just talking about the same three cliche issues that every church planner wants, which is good graphics and good sound. And you want the Chris Brown worship leader or whatever, like, you know, you need to know, you just have some robust knowledge, but at the end of the day, you're just talking about ownership. Um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When you own a house and you were speaking to this earlier, when you own a house, you you somehow just figure out how to turn the lights back on or flip that breaker Mm -hmm. or whatever. So uh, yeah. You know, so for example, like with kids ministry, I've, I've never been in kids ministry. I've never led a kids ministry, mm-hmm. but because of planting a church, I have to have one. Right. Yeah. That's why you had a kid, right? right? I, I can't. Right. Yeah. <laughs> we're we're going to build this ministry one way or another. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> and so I, I could not just say like, all right, kids ministry, uh, let's buy some toys, I guess, mm-hmm. and hire somebody to run this thing. Like, yeah. you know, my wife and I, we had to go through the process of understanding how does a kid's ministry work? What are best practices? And you kind of have to understand the process of what a, a healthy kid's ministry looks like so that you can then delegate the right people with the proper skill sets. 
Sure. Hey, so, so I, one, go ahead, go ahead. No, that was pretty much it. Uh, I was just going to say, you know, kind of winding this down and moving towards the future. You speak to, do you have dreams? Like what's the, what's the future look like? A lot of people get into a church plan or any business, frankly, it's, it's probably not just related to this unless you're a, a football with a, a football player or something with a contract. But generally speaking, you get in, you're like, I'm going to plant a church. And then there's no, no conscious thought towards it. I'm doing this for five years or 50 years. Um, I have this little personal lean. I wouldn't call it a full on conviction belief kind of thing, but I just love that Jesus you know, had about three years to change the world, never came across as frantic. Uh, mm-hmm. He got the disciples about 51% of the way there. And then he's like, I'm out and handed it off to them. So with that sort of context, and I know I'm paraphrasing very loosely kind of that whole story, but I feel like those, that, that those stats kind of line up with how Jesus did it. But um, I, I've, I, I lean towards, man, I don't know that ministry for 50 years is the goal or the expectation. I want to know what you're doing to put your head down and hustle right now rather than spread it out. So kind of in that context, I'm asking the question, if I've given thought to the future, I'm just curious what you think you're driving at in the next two, three, four years. Should you drive at something? We're in, we're in church planning. We're church leadership. We shouldn't be driving towards goals and sales goals kind of thing. You know, maybe you want to come at it from that angle. I'm just curious what, what you feel like the future looks like. I know you're coming up on 40. Uh, I, you're not too old. I know you're a few years away from that, but that's typically <laughs> like this. <laughs> hey, listen, I'm, I'm, I passed it already. It's fine. It just boom, goes through real quick. Um, but like, that's another type of a milestone moment in people's life. Men's lives were like, oh crap, uh, now what? You know, so, mm-hmm. you know, would it be personal or like, you know, corporate related to the church, obviously, what, what are you looking at and driving at for the future or what, whatever the time frame may be? Yeah, I, I think for, for us specifically in the season that we're in, one of the most immediate things that mm-hmm. we have to decide is as a church, do we stay in this building that God mm-hmm. has brought us to, right? Okay. Out of necessity, we're kind of faced with, do we do a building campaign? Do we try and purchase this property to really lay down roots mm-hmm. in this specific neighborhood, in this specific building? Mm-hmm. Um, to be candid, I think the answer is yes. I think we're going to stay there. Um, from there, in the next you know, two to five years, I would love to see us uh, begin to branch out into like a multi-site model. Mm-hmm. Uh, not just because that's like the cool thing or the popular right. thing. Everybody's going multi-site, but sure. I, th- I think in our context in the Northeast, um, there is room for that. Yeah. Uh, there's maybe one other church close by in our, in, in a hour radius. That's even approaching that hmm. a multi-site model, some smaller congregations yeah. split across yeah. the city in their own specific uh, context. I would love to see that. I would love to see guys, uh, men and women raised up from within our church that have a calling to to preach the gospel, equipping them, preparing them, and just mm-hmm. sending them out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would I would love to be a church that plants churches. That's um, I I know many churches say that, and and the church that I was a part of said that, and I was like, I want mm-hmm. to be that guy. I want to be yeah. the church that this church plants. And uh, right. unfortunately, they didn't end up being the ones that helped plant us, but. Uh, I want to be that church that helps equip people who feel called into ministry. I think if I'm looking at my, my larger overarching goal as, as a man, as a a pastor, uh, I don't really care how long like this specific church lasts. Mm -hmm. Uh, I just want to see people that were equipped and sent out to do the work of God, Mm -hmm. Uh, whether that's through thrive city, whether that's through something else that, comes out of thrive city um right. i don't know if i if if my ceiling can be somebody else's floor cool right, let's go that's good that's, that's all i, I want i yeah. like that 
Dude, hey, this is really helpful, man. I appreciate talking to you today. Um, you know, I, I, we haven't spent any sort of time together outside of voice memos and a random Zoom call or something like that, but I appreciate what you're saying, how yeah. you're saying it. I appreciate your vulnerability earlier. Um, the honesty, I, yeah. I love it, man. I, I wish you were a little closer uh, or Syracuse had another reason for me to be there. Not that you're not good yeah. enough, <laughs> but I want to come see the church at some point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, but I, I appreciate it. I, I just want like kind of last question. I mean, do you have any parting shots? You know, if you're going to speak to anybody, uh, you give Austin advice, you give other church planners advice, whoever. I'm just curious if you had any other thoughts to leave us with that maybe we haven't asked you and that you just feel like, man, I got to tell people this or else. Uh, uh, two things real quick. One, I think everybody will always say, and then I'll follow up with something else. Number one, if you can do anything else with your life other than plan a church, do that. Right. That's something that likely both of you have heard repeatedly. Like if, yes, yes. if there's, if there's anything else that you feel that, that, that you can be content in that, that God can lead you into other than playing a church, do that because it's, mm. it's simultaneously been the hardest thing and the most fulfilling mm. thing I've ever done. Cool. Uh, secondly, the, the resources that are made available to you through church planting networks, whether it's CMN, whether it's ARC, whether it's Stadia, whether it's Acts 29, whatever mm. network, maybe you're a part of or denomination, like lean into that, lean into that. Uh, you will only get out of it what you put in. Cool. Um, so for example, Austin and I, we weren't part of any like official group in our training. We kind of like just found each other online. Hey, we were part of the same group and we started learning from each other, had some cool conversations. We're able to like steal things from each other and learn from each other. But that's only because we were willing to mm -hmm. lean into yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, and so like, if you want to get something out of the network that you're in, you need to like mm -hmm. lean in learn from people, hit yeah. them up, send them a DM. Can I steal yeah. this from you? Um, people are more than willing to help you out. You just have to ask. Mm. True story. You got eyes, plagiarize. Dude, that's good wisdom right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> oh, Ben, dude, thank you so much. Thrive City, what's your website? Thrivecity.church. Thrivecity.church. Thrive uh, socials are all the same, thrivecity.church. We'll send everybody your direction, like so. We'll put the show notes and stuff. But, dude, yeah. thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. Don't hang up. We need this thing to upload, but it's really good talking to you today, man. Awesome. Thanks for having me.